As I was closing up for the night, I thought about all the movies that had been discussed in the spoiler room. That was when the temperature in the room changed. I went to the thermostat and it said it was 52 degrees KB. Suddenly I found myself in a maze of movie posters. No matter what direction I went, each path led me back to one actor, Kevin Bacon. That was when it was clear what I had to do. When I snapped out of it, I added bacon to the menu. 2020 was going to be an interesting year in the spoiler room. And welcome, my friends. Yes, here we are in the spoiler room once again, enjoying the temperate temperature of 52 degrees KB here with us. And yes, we've come full circle once again. It's the beginning of the month, which means we've got an actual Kevin Bacon movie for our special year-long series. And with me tonight is a great pair of crew members to talk about the air up there in 1994 it came out and let's find out who's with us first off he is back with us once again it is the lovely andrew shearer hello andrew how are you hey i lovely to be lovely and in such lovely company thank you for inviting me you're welcome. So glad you could be on the show. Always fun to have you here with us. And uh, the diva of the spoiler room, the multi-talented Dawn is once again with us as well. Hello, Dawn. How are you? I am happy to be here with you two gentlemen. Well, considering you are the one uh, for this entire series that inspired it. <laughs> and I remember correctly, I remember when this came up. We were talking about Kevin Bacon films, and this uh -huh. was definitely one that you wanted on the list. And it, it really is. And yeah, this will be a this will be a fun discussion. So the air up there uh, is from 1994, and it is directed by Paul Michael Glasser. And who would like to give the synopsis, Don? Since uh, this is a movie, I know you were excited about. Why not go ahead and give the synopsis? All right. So we have um, we have Jimmy Jimmy Dolan, uh, an assistant college basketball coach, uh, with a bum knee, who is trying to draft in new players, uh, charm, seduce, whatever the heck it's called. I don't know. But his attitude gets the best of him. Uh, now the head coach is looking at retiring. And uh, Jimmy keeps uh, getting himself in trouble. And he realizes that he's getting kind of screwed here because he is failing his chances of becoming head coach. Well, at this announcement party, uh, Jimmy sees in the background of a video of a mission because he's at St. Joseph's St. Joseph's is that right? Yep. College. Yep. Saint anyway. Mm -hmm. So he sees this video playing and in the background, there's the, uh, of a mission in the background, there's this, uh, basketball game going on with a very, very tall native, uh, gentleman. So Jimmy decides to save his career, to save face, to save all of that. He's going to, ignore what the head coach tells him to do and fly to Africa and see if he can't recruit this uh, native boy he saw playing basketball. 
Uh, and then he gets all wrapped up in the socio-political environment over there and ends up realizing that the world isn't just all about him. He can't be so goddamn selfish all the time. And he <laughs> learns what it's like to actually have a family and he wins. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I got kind of angry about that because, uh, it, it was uh, he's kind of a prick of a character for a long time in this movie. Yeah, and then yeah, he is. But I think that's kind of the point. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. He, he he's supposed to be, and and yeah, uh, we'll we'll dive into this film. Uh, but first, I want to get your initial uh, when you first saw it. Uh, what did you think of it? So we'll, we'll start with Andrew. Andrew, when you first saw the film. Uh, what did you think of it, and when did you see it? I remembered it coming out. Um, I was working at Blockbuster when it was uh, in its prime of being rented. was not the kind of movie I wanted to see. I always liked Kevin Bacon, but I never liked sports, so I just was not interested. You know, right. just uh, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna watch that. So I didn't watch it. I saw it for the very first time just to uh, for this discussion because I'd I'd heard about it. Mm -hmm. You know. And I had heard things and, uh, you know, I knew you all were doing the Kevin Bacon and I was like, what did Kevin Bacon ever make a movie with a black person? <laughs> oh, the air up there. All right. Well, let's watch the air up there. I loved all of the Africans in this movie. They were so charming, so great, so much fun to watch. I know some of them in like some of the lead roles, uh, maybe the guy who was his like main rival, uh, out there and then may, perhaps also the guy who played his brother i'm not i i think they may not have been um africans or by like you know by you know like like natives there but man i just loved everyone so it's like kevin bacon is kevin bacon but around him i mean you just i just love that was what i loved about it honestly mm -hmm. you know as, as far as the story itself we'll talk about it it was pretty <laughs> much what i was expecting <laughs> but um yeah I, I do i just dug all of them in and i and i thought uh the guy who played sally was awesome i mean he had to have been a he 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 seems very young. I don't know what his actual age. He was, was. about eighteen years old when he made that movie. Okay, so that yeah, that he man, it was just like the perfect. He was the perfect person to play. Him. I mean, he was even when you see him dunking. I mean, he's kind of in the background at first, and he's just. I mean, he's he's nails everything. You really. I mean, it kind of really was. This. The, the you know he kind of ended up i guess maybe living the story a little bit mm -hmm. uh in a way because of the casting of the movie it was sort of like you know uh, art <laughs> imitating life or whatever so of course it was something that he knew but he was wonderful uh, bacon was bacon and um yeah the 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 drama got good and uh, there was surprises surprises at the end i thought yeah, definitely uh, some surprises uh, for sure, especially for what when this film was made and what type of film uh, the trailer initially leads you to believe. Uh, there are uh, some surprises, I think, in this film uh, as well. Don, you remember when you first saw it? I saw it right around when it when it came out. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't see it in the theater or anything. I waited till it went to video. Um, like Andrew, I thought the supporting cast was much better than 
um, Kevin Bacon. I mean, Kevin Bacon is Kevin Bacon. Uh, the character he plays is a dick. <sighs> yes, it's he's a dick. He's uh, trying to exploit this kid, and you know that's his role, and he does it well. And um, I just I thought it was a cute movie. I kind of. In some ways, the naivete of the the supporting cast, the the native mm-hmm. Africans, um, reminded me had that feeling, that feel good feeling, and that innocence of uh, watching the gods must be crazy. Yes. Oh yeah. That's what. Yeah. So that that very much appealed to me. That immediately came to mind when I watched this, and ah oh, man, when did I first see this? It was. Last night was the first time that I uh, that I saw this film, and it's another one of those where I've always seen it. I scroll past it. I like Kevin Bacon. I'll watch him, and I'm like just one of those films, kind of like Andrew, where it wasn't quite my wheelhouse or whatnot. And uh, yeah, I I really I dug this film quite a bit. It was <laughs> it was actually not what I expected for a mid '90s film about a lead Kevin Bacon uh, going to Africa to try to recruit an African there with talent uh, for the game. Uh, th- this did not play out completely like I thought it was in a, in a positive way. Um, I, I do like seeing Kevin Bacon in different roles and he is, he's a, he's just, he is not exactly chari- he's not charismatic through this. He's he's he, you know the reason why he's actually going to Africa to get this individual. It's for his own selfish purposes. And I was a bit surprised with his arc throughout this film um and, and that it took as long as it did to kind of get his character to open up because usually with with films like this either they're like immediately open up or he shows up and he is the the you know the great white hope um character you know in in similar stories like this to where he just shows up and and everybody's like oh yeah oh that's amazing um and here his jimmy dolan comes from you know uh, saint joseph's and he goes out in the middle of africa to this uh tribal community and they have absolutely no care who he is <laughs> and i loved that i loved that angle with that uh andrew what did you think of that with with his character and and how they pretty much were like meh <laughs> whatever well it was funny you know because uh you know it's it's a fish out of water kind of a movie right you know so i was expecting like him to get there and automatically be like, you know, white guy goes to Africa, he's like getting bitten by things and chased by lions and all this shit. That's kind of what I thought might happen, but it was the story was less goofy than that. I mean, it was still had some, you know, absolutely corny shit, and you know, it was still, you know, the white man going to Africa to get a black guy. I'm like, oh, are we doing this? <laughs> yeah, we're we're doing this. Yeah, you know, it's like no, see, he wanted to. They they want to go. Oh, oh. 
<laughs> so it was there. Yeah, it w- there were things that I that I thought were going to go one way that, that didn't quite. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, the fact that he walks into an existing um, conflict, right. actually, and the conflict is not focused on him being fish out of water, but the fact that you know there's actually some real shit going on there. I was uh, I was at least glad that uh, you know, given that it is a movie written and directed by white people it's it could have not done that but um you know it it wasn't the deuce bigelow goes to africa or whatever (laughs) oh god oh yeah no don what about you and the story especially for when it came out is it at least a little bit different or trying to be it well yes and no i was actually huge um I was actually huge in a basketball. I played basketball when I was young. I followed basketball when I was younger. I uh, The kids were less interested in it. They were more football, so I kind of let it be on a back burner after a while. But um, it, it this was the time where basketball was huge. Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan, big deal. Um, uh, not just him, uh, Kareem. Yeah, the- um, yeah, yeah, just just all the the gold kind of a, another golden age of of basketball for mm-hmm. them because you had so many great players on various teams, and and there were so many Native African uh, players being recruited at that time that this mm-hmm. was a thing that was actually happening. So it it at least didn't it, it didn't try to be something unique necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they did set that precedence that they already knew about the NBA. There was already at the, at the, um, Mumbai, Mm -hmm. uh, the village of Mumbai, they already had a basketball team there that were practicing and looking to be recruited. Um, so that was already a, a thing that they knew about there. So he wasn't introducing anything like that. I, uh, um, they, they weren't completely as naive as they could have been. Um, and I did appreciate that. Yeah, that, that was a pleasant, I, I was happy with that approach because I was kind of worried because you had some of those in the late eighties, early nineties, especially when you had the, the guy from the quote unquote civilized world coming to the, you know, uh, the, the, the people living out in the middle of, of, you know, the forest and the jungle and having them be so naive and fascinated by, you know, this object or that, I was very happy to see that, um, they weren't like portrayed like that. (laughs) They were, they were very well aware of the events in the world and of people and, you know, things, they weren't like a completely, like you said, naive group. Um, but they had more immediate cares, like Andrew pointed out, which was the conflict, which was by far for them the most important thing, more so than anything else going on in the outside world. For them, their family and their land was the most important. Uh, at least that, that's the feeling I got from it, um, mm-hmm. was that that's what they wanted to portray, that this group was not ignorant, to, for lack of a better term, of the outside world, but at the same time, it didn't pertain to them. 
you know, uh, it's just one of those things where it's, they don't care right now. They're worried about keeping their land. And, uh, and the twist was he went there to kind of exploit them and take the resource that he wanted, uh, young Saleh. Mm -hmm. And what happened was the, the village leader actually said, you know what, I'm going to use you. Yeah. And you are going to get me what I want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I did like that twist. What about you, Andrew, and the, the portrayal of the uh, the African uh, tribe in here when he shows up in that? Were you uh, surprised that they weren't at least they weren't portrayed like we'd seen in the past where, uh, you know, the, the, the group, whatever group it is out in the wilderness, doesn't know anything about the you know modern world? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it was kind of like, you know, you look at that tape he's watching when he's at the school, Mm -hmm. you know, he first sees a guy, you could kind of see like, you know, they know what's up. They already know how to play basketball. So it's not like he's getting off there going like, this is a basketball. (laughs) This is a hoop. Yeah. You know, it's it's not like, uh, was it Ryan Gosling explaining jazz to John Legend or whatever it was? Oh, my God. Yeah. So, so, (laughs) (laughs) you know, it's a... it, it, um, you know, yeah, I mean, you say it could have been worse. It is still a certain type of movie and mm-hmm. certain things do happen in it, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Uh, and it's really kind of clear to me why they made this movie, mm-hmm. uh, at the time that they did. Um, but yeah, there's, um, there, uh, Jimmy does get the backstory and does have the character, but how is a white guy going to write an African guy? You know what I mean? Right. Like write his story. So, but within that, they are more of characters than they maybe could have been. I'll mm-hmm. say. They, they were, yeah, I, I, they had, you know, there was, there was a, a variety of different characters in this uh, group rather than uh, all of them being just, you know, uh, tropish or characters or, or, you know, written all the same except for Sala, you know, Sally, uh, they all, um, I liked had their own uh, personalities and identities and such in here for, like you said, from, from the limit of, of who was writing the script, but still better written than some movies that tried to attempt this type of story. I think, um, you know, it, as far as their approach goes, uh, but yeah, the Jimmy Dolan character, uh, he, once he gets to Africa, he's almost, while he's part of it, he almost is more kind of the side. It, it more becomes about, uh, Sally and his tribe and, and them fighting off the mining, uh, villains, if you will, the folks who want this land from uh, the Mumbai, uh, tribe. And, uh, was that a surprise to you, Andrew, that they did go to kind of a serious subject? Not getting too serious, but still uh, addressing this because those types of conflicts are still happening in Africa. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, they weren't aiming at quite as low as I thought they were going to. Mm-hmm. Um, this was a Disney release, I think, but it was a touchstone, if I'm not mistaken, or a Hollywood Pictures. Hollywood one of those pictures. branches. Yeah, okay. One of those branches where, um, you know, they're, they're kind of like you know, we don't say Disney because we don't want like five-year-olds coming to it. And uh, yeah, truly this is, this has drama and interpersonal conflict, 
that requires a little bit of a, a more uh, an older audience. I would have to say it doesn't become like violent or anything. It's still you know within the PG confines, but the story itself and and all of that. You know, I think adults or older teens are going to relate to it a little bit more. And yeah, I was a little surprised that um, that was that was the kind of movie they were making because I always thought of the air up there as a Disney movie. <laughs> Yeah, it, it was Hollywood Pictures, uh, and it does have some of those Disney elements, but I, I like that they put that in there because, um, you know, it, the film felt like it was really trying, uh, and I may be off, and, and you both can tell me if I'm completely blind to it, but it felt like it was trying to feature uh, Afri- uh, Africans and the African culture and that, try to handle it probably as well respectfully as you can with it, you know, considering who wrote it, as Andrew mentioned. Um, but it still felt like they were trying to really be respectful uh, to the culture and the, the people there overall. Don, did you did you get that impression, uh, you know, that they, they were trying to handle it, at least with a little care? There was an attempt. Um, there was an attempt. And mostly you can tell because of the consultants they had. Um, Now, whether the consultants were actually, advice was actually followed or not is a whole other story. (laughs) Um, But um, I should have written down all all of the peoples that they had in there because I was kind of as I was watching them I was really paying attention the credits says time and of course I didn't write make notes or anything because that's just not me <laughs> um, but I was really impressed with the the, the amount of especially uh, African Native African um, consultants they used mm-hmm. yeah it, it did show that they did had a number of uh consultants so that at least they were they were trying uh andrew did you feel like they were trying to at least uh uh, portray it respectfully as well as they could well i mean they're in africa Mm -hmm. they shot this thing there yeah so they couldn't get away with yeah yeah so they couldn't get away with 100 percent of the stupid shit that some (laughs) movies do right You know, Kevin Costner knocking down the sign or whatever and hidden figures. <laughs> that never even freaking happened. <laughs> it would kill you just to let the black people save themselves. It would kill you just to let them save themselves. Um, so I think that being in that environment, having to um, actually get to know the people and where they are and be respectful of that just by the nature of them being there in the production, that's got to inform the way they make the movie mm-hmm. a bit. So, um, uh, yeah, I think of that, I, th- I think that's maybe what we're picking up on. Right. And, and yeah, it, they're, they're actually shooting in Africa, some great cinematography in here. Uh, uh, you know, when we get it, when, especially when he, they decide to make him a member of the tribe, uh, so he can help play because uh, the story goes, folks, that this conflicting group, this mining group, have been terrorizing basically the Mumbai uh, tribe to get to this land, which is rich of uh, you know resources that they want. So it comes down to a 
basketball game and go figure Jimmy Dolan's a coach. And so they, uh, you know, ask him to help uh, coach them to do this. And at one point they end up short. their one of their star players uh, because he gets injured in practice, but Jimmy Dolan can't play until he's a member of their tribe. And he goes through their uh, initiation ritual. Uh, and there's some beautiful cinematography with that. Um, and, and the way they handle that, too. I, 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 just, I thought this film was just interesting as a whole of the way they were trying, where, where they were trying to go with it. And especially for mid-90s, I think they handle it fairly well. Andrew, you mentioned you, you had, uh, some issues yet with, with some of the thing, decisions they made, which, which, uh, decisions were that, that, uh, that still stood out for you though. It's just that kind of movie. Mm-hmm. It's a kind of movie that I can't stand that they always, and they still make now, mm-hmm. you know, because, all right, I'll ask you this though. How are, how would they have, would they the the conflict have resolved itself if Jimmy Dolan never showed up and let's play basketball for it? What would have happened in their story? What would have happened if Jimmy Dolan never came there? Uh, I hard to say. Probably driven from their land. I think so too. I think they're <laughs> their movie, dude. I think there's so many movies like this and like The Blind Side. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, what's come on? What's another one? I, I mentioned La La Land, Green Book. Yeah, it's just they can't. They have to. It's this. I think it's guilt. I think it comes from guilt. Mm-hmm. They like you know the, the and especially when it relates to white people in Africa, little bit of guilt involved there. Mm-hmm. So they can write themselves as the savior to feel a little bit better. It just makes sense why they keep doing it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so this is a whole category of movie. There's tons of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was the one with uh, that Robert Downey Jr. Uh, helps um, Jamie Foxx? Remember, he's like um, he's 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 the he's, oh. he's the cello player. Yeah, yeah. I forgot mm-hmm. which one. I forget which one you're talking about. Yeah, help the cello player. You know, and yeah. then all the law mo- to kill a mockingbird, a classic. Still does it. Mm-hmm. You know, because they can't save themselves. White men needs to save them. So that was my thing. But when I said I was surprised about things that happened, I thought y'all do not let Kevin Bacon come in this game and win the game. You <laughs> don't do that. I mean, I will turn this off. You know, and it didn't happen. Right. So they then they had the they had the brother come in, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> okay, get out of here for a minute, white man. Let them handle it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it wasn't entirely, but it's still, yeah, it fits that. Oh, God, come on, Don. What's the name of these movies? What they call them? <laughs> come on, it's a category of movie. That they all fit. What's a, what's a category? I don't have notes either. It's, uh, 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 it, it's one of the black exploitations. Uh, no, the white savior movie. That's white what this savior. is. Oh, yeah. the white, the white savior movie. It God. is a white savior movie because the year before this, and why they made this right, Cool Runnings was a huge, huge hit. Who helps the bobsled team? John Candy helps the bobsled team. <laughs> you know, it was a little bit bad news, Bearsy, but still, you know. So uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm. 
that's just that's the kind of movie it is. What we're talking about is it was made to, you know at a certain time. They don't make movies like this that much anymore because your your ass will be grabbed by the collar on Twitter. However, um, it could have been worse, is what we're saying. This movie had redeeming qualities that, you know, to make it worth talking about. And you know how I love talking about race with other white people. <laughs> oh, I know. That's why I was uh, going to, I knew uh, having you on this episode, things were uh, going to get passionate for sure. Right. So they got to um, look at themselves. We got to look at ourselves. We got to look at what we do, what we've done, what we keep at doing in film. And so, yeah, that's what I think. That's what I, but, I, but it could have been we're, we're talking about the the ways that they you know they could they they did okay right? I, I i was I was going to say i mean i I get where you're coming from for sure that it, it is at its at its core at its very baseline it is still the white savior movie i but yeah, what we're all saying here as well though it in the category of white savior movies, it's definitely uh on the lower end of the savior because yeah you do they do redeem it by uh, or save it by having the brother come back there's a great story with a brother who uh was uh you know he was rejected by uh, his father he went to work for the rival and then in the last minute as jimmy dolan uh, just keeps failing and keeps his knee just keeps giving out the brother comes in and, and i loved that moment uh in there and i was glad that was in there um and yeah you know it 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 could have been a lot worse. I mean, uh, Don, what, what do you think? <laughs> the the with that particular scene, what I liked about it was that Kevin Bacon, the white guys, were not part of that decision. It nope. was all, it was it was the father, it was the brother, it was Saleh. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that made the decision. I I definitely like that. And as far as the white savior movies go, um. It is a progression. It is definitely the progression that's moving in the right direction, whereas maybe other movies didn't quite so much. Mm-hmm. Um, that made people realize that maybe, yeah, that kind of shit ain't acceptable. Yeah. And maybe people weren't ready at the time, which is why it wasn't so popular at the time either. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I mean that moment I play for Wanabi. That's like a cool moment. Yeah, you know I I, I don't. I uh, with it, so, know? um, uh, that I sent you guys an article. I don't know if either of you had a chance to look at it at all. A Sports Illustrated article about uh, uh, the Charles mm-hmm. uh, Mena, the guy that played Saleh, um, of. Uh, and his life, and I guess uh, that I play for Manabi is one of Shaquille O'Neal's favorite lines from any movie. It's in that article. That's because he was in Kazam. This, the guy that directed this also directed Kazam. <laughs> well, yeah. We all, we all know about he He, he yeah. directed a, quite a few movies that are, um, yeah. are, are uh, entertaining. <laughs> right. Well, Paul Michael Glazer, right? He was... Uh, mm-hmm. who was Okay, with Starsky, yeah, I thought I recognized that name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a uh, uh, his his body of work is definitely interesting. Uh, you know, he did the Running Man as well. Uh, oh yeah, he did Running Man. He, yeah, he directed Running Man. Yeah. yeah, imagine they combine them. Cool Runnings Man. 
<laughs> okay, now I want to see that. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, th- this, I, I dug the Sally character a lot in this because he, he just, he felt. Again, uh, people, my listeners, probably getting tired of hearing it, but it, you have you can't avoid it with the film like this of of portrayals of uh, you know of certain demographics and his character just it felt like uh, a, or just a kid who was you know conflicted with uh, staying at home and and playing basketball. It didn't you know the fact that uh, he was African uh, didn't feel like it quite played into it as much as just you know him fighting the responsibilities of home versus the responsibilities of uh you know what he had to his uh to to himself in into playing the game which uh, his character was a great opposite to the player we're introduced to in the beginning that they're trying to schmooze <laughs> you know oh, that's uh, right it's like two people we didn't talk about was the um the nun was she a nun when they get she, there, she was a sister. She was yeah. a, a, okay. a nun. And then that, then that, that kid, that turd at the beginning. Yeah. Well, that's what I was saying is I, I like the Sally character because he felt, you know, it, it felt like uh, they really took care trying to write it as a, a just a, a person, you know, um, and he was a great. His characteristics were definitely a great opposite to the total prick that we get in the beginning of this film. Uh, Don, what, what did you think of how they wrote Sally and, and, you know, how they used him, you know, the dick in the beginning to compare to, uh, the Sally character, uh, white privilege versus people who actually appreciate what they work for. <laughs> exactly. That's what came to my mind. The minute I saw the, saw the kid was, wow, there's privilege dripping all over this guy. But also to show yeah. some of um, Dolan's character, right? Like why right. he wouldn't back down like that. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, Dolan's Dolan's suffering from privilege too. I mean, coming into this, yeah. com- coming into the tribe, especially, he's expecting these folks to just be wowed by his fast talk and his charm, and watching him get frustrated. Well, mm, go ahead. Well, even more than that, it's established that he was just as big of a prick when he was actually playing college ball. Yeah. And that the only reason that he isn't anymore is because he blew out his knee and became a coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think it's more to establish just how big of a prick the Dolan's character is capable of being. Yeah, I, I, I think so, too especially because you get that point of uh when uh you know they lose the one guy and he just he gives up on on the game and the whole thing when they lose their key player he just quits he's like screw this i'm 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 done and then sally uh talks to him in the school and he just has that total meltdown about his knee um you know uh andrew what would you think of of the uh (laughs) <laughs> the way they wrote Sali uh, to be, you know, kind of the opposite of the the privileged uh, guy in the beginning. It was great. Mm-hmm. You know, it was really great. And I and I thought that um, uh, Charles Mena, it, he I know I mentioned in the beginning how I, I was he seemed to be really young and to find out that he actually was eight, he's 18 years old. 
uh, he just had so much gravity, mm-hmm. you know, and especially in that scene. Cause yeah, I remember this guy still got a pass muster against Kevin Bacon's a very experienced guy, you know? I mean, this guy went to, you know, some town where they had banned rock and roll and dancing, right. you know, he's had a hard life. <laughs> you just can't just walk into that, you know, I mean, he's seen those graboid things. I mean, he's seen some shit. <laughs> he has, but, uh, yeah, he held his definitely the, the, uh, Charles Mena, uh, Mena, excuse me. Charles Mayna really held his own with his scenes with Kevin and in sometimes I think outshined Kevin a bit, uh, <laughs> which makes me wonder if, if uh, you know, this almost felt a little bit like I'm wondering if Kevin had anything to do with this project being made because he really seemed into this story, uh, you know, uh, and, and I didn't look up trivia afterwards, but. You know, in some of the other roles he has as well, you can tell he's into it. But here, he really, he really is just into this role, and it's fun to see him in a different role, in into the prick role than uh, what we've seen in a few of his past films. Although he was that in uh, Whitewater Summer, uh, so we know he's definitely capable of it. But uh, uh, Don, Don, what's the real story, man, on Charles Mana? Did he go on to play basketball or do more movies? What what, what happened to him? So, yeah, he was in one other movie. Uh, the, that article, by the way, is really good. Um, it's also really heartbreaking. Um, so that Sports Illustrated article I sent, uh, I, I linked. It's uh, Mark can link it later yep. if people are interested. Um, but what it says is he uh, he was found specifically for this movie. He auditioned for this movie. Um he did not play basketball professionally before that. He only went on to do one other movie. Uh, he did bounce around trying out for different colleges and finally got uh, picked up. Um, that was in the United States? He, like, stayed? Yeah, in the United States, yeah. After the after the film for this movie, uh, after doing this movie, he bounced around uh, for a while and eventually got picked up from, I'm looking for it, uh, someplace in Florida. Um, But his success for this movie, everybody just recognized him from the movie. So eventually he uh, went and tried out for some league in Europe, Uh, was not successful there, lost his visa to come back to the United States, and as of the time this article was made, uh, written in 2016, apparently, uh, unfortunately, he's an alcoholic living mm. in a small community with his parents. Oh, that is so sad. That story. You know what, man? I know we're not at the end or whatever. No, that's but fine. That I would love to see that movie instead. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like a documentary about yeah. the guy. That would. Oh, that would be. I mean, it would be obviously sad, but that I would. You know, I'm fine of watching a a sports documentary. Those 30 on 30 the ESPN does are all good. Like, they're yeah. really good. So I would watch that about this guy. That's yeah, sad. it was... Uh, this article, it, it was really heartbreaking to read. He was such a... He was a kid when he started. He was just a kid. Yeah, he was. He was just a kid. And he had, you know... And apparently it was... He was so young and enthusiastic and 
things just did not work out both because of his choices and because of just the world. Yeah. Couldn't get back in after. Oh, that's harsh. Yeah. And, and he was warned that that might be a risk too, because you know, he lost his visa because he, he didn't stay in the United States to, you know, be a sports player here. <laughs> yeah. I wonder why he, I wonder why he went to Europe and what happened. I guess if you don't, if you're I not like, as, I, yeah. like if you're not as good as they think you are and then you're just like, see ya. It, Very cutthroat maybe. It, it is a little cutthroat. The, the sports ball is. And, you know, the with him being in a role like this uh expectations as well you know uh because some people can't separate film from (laughs) from from real life you know so it might have been expectations i mean he was just a year younger than me when this film came out when i was that you know at the same age when i was when that film came out so um i was 19 at that time and man i you know, that's got to be rough. Uh, and it's sad that it didn't go that way because he's got talent here in this film. I mean, there's, you know, they, they, you could tell he's a, a new actor, uh, you know, so they don't have the very, really long scenes. Uh, but I, I, I thought he held his own with Kevin. I, I liked his presence on screen. I thought he was, uh, you know, he was a good actor as well. Uh, the whole cast that they had, as you mentioned at the beginning of the show, around, uh, you know, around them was really fascinating. I almost wanted to see more uh, of that movie with just them. Uh, <laughs> you just just do a you know cut cut some of the more uh, some more Kevin Bacon parts out, and uh, you know because they they explore the culture a little bit. Like we do get the a, a bit of the wedding ceremony, and and as we mentioned, you know, the member becoming of their tribe, showing that they uh, still practiced. Uh, a lot of their traditions in this film. Uh, and it, yeah, I, it's a, it's a nice mix. I, I was pleasantly surprised. I, I was happy with it. I mean, it's, it's not a too deep here in this film. Um, you know, uh, one of my favorite scenes was the one we just talked about where, where Dolan just yells about his knee so much that, uh, you know, that's been his, his, that's been his symbol of disappointment his whole life. <laughs> what, what is uh-huh. the is uh-huh. the knee, you know? And he's looking at again. You do get the angle where he is looking at this tribe and getting them to win as kind of something to prove himself more so than at first them winning. But we do see him during the game finally realized that, you know, or just before that it, it's no longer about him. This is bigger than him. Uh, you know, so it's an interesting arc with his character, but yeah, that whole scene where he, he freaks out about his knee. I'm like, yeah, I, I, I like that quite a bit. And it, it was nice to see them do that with that character. Andrew, did you have a, a, a scene that stood out for you in a good way? <laughs> yes. In a good way. I know, I know how you kind of felt about the overall story, but in a good way, was there anything? That... You know what, man? There is a lady that plays on that basketball team. And yeah. I thought, you know, you can kind of see her mm-hmm. in, in the video and they make a disparaging remark about her, a very sexist remark about her. 
uh, they say, you know, a, a fucked up way to describe her. Mm-hmm. And then later in the movie, I was like, man, she better show up on that team and get to play. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. I was like that. I want to see her kick some ass. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because she was clearly <laughs> a great player. So, yeah, I like that. That part. Yeah, it was. But of cool. course, they, they got to double down on the insult. But she still, you know. She didn't hear him because if she would have heard him, she would have whooped her ass. <laughs> she she would have. I did like how they they brought her in, but um, the way it was directed, it wasn't quite directed as like a dun dun moment, you know, with the music and that. He just. He, I wanted the moment, but I was happy she at least came back. You know, I'm happy there was some return on investment with me right. seeing her play in the beginning for two seconds, and I'm saying that shit. <laughs> Yeah, it was great to see that she was in there because you knew she she could play, and that that was yeah. Then they take the angle of, of her getting uh, getting harassed on the the court while playing, um, and then uh, she does you know she does uh, lash out with a basketball, and rightfully so. And basketballs are are very hard. Uh, <laughs> I've gotten hit yeah. with hit with one a few yeah, times. Yeah, so that that would so. be it for me. That would be it. That's that's a good scene. No, I, you're right. That is a, a good scene. Don, what about you? Let me think. <laughs> Favorite scene. Don's like, I don't got one. Wow, this is harder than I thought it would be. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to put you on the spot. Sorry. <laughs> no, I, wow. I, just... I, I loved all the scenes where Saleh's bodyguards would just cut him off. <laughs> just boom, you're not part of this. I love the the way they treated him. Yeah, the bodyguards were true. And there was no explanation for it, no reason, just just the look. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just standing there with the look, like, yeah, you're not, no. You, you have nothing to do with this. Just stay where you are. Move along. Nothing is here. <laughs> and one of them saves Dolan's ass, doesn't he, from a, like a, like a, a wild boar, right? Yeah. Because yeah. he gets, di- he gets diarrhea yes, from he drinking goat's milk. And then he goes off into the, he goes off in the, he's almost has an Ace Ventura moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. He, he, he does get the, the trots for the, the goat's milk. And, uh, but yeah, he, he, yeah does. he goes off into the, the, the brush there. And, and, uh, um, yeah, one of the guards has, was right there in time with that, with that spear or the arrow or something. Just, yeah. Yeah. And, and then at the end, the guard comes right back around. He's still there protecting Sile. Yeah, yeah. He he's still in the in, in the stadium, even as uh, we get the moment where Sale is playing for St. Joe's, uh, which mm-hmm. you know at least the Dolan character made it. You know, hey, it's your decision whether or not you wanted to uh, you want to go or not. Um, Wouldn't it have been funny, man, if, if like some fan of the opposite team was talking shit and then this, this, an arrow goes into his head? <laughs> <laughs> That would be yeah. awesome. Yeah, those were my favorite scenes. Were mm-hmm. were those, were, were those those hard cut? Just yeah. And the kid, I mean, the kid wasn't that big. He wasn't that imposing. He was just that intense, and and that's what made those scenes so nice. Either that ones or when uh, the scenes where he would say to the nun. Can you say bullshit? <laughs> and she'd respond only if I really mean it. 
Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. she wasn't taking no shit either. No, no. she she wouldn't. Uh, that was uh, Sister Susan, right? Uh, she yeah, she was looking out for them being exploited. She was like yeah. so sure that the scumbags yeah. were there, you know, trying to take advantage of them. Thought that was really. You know, that was, you know, having her voice in there for that side of things mm-hmm. at least showed a little bit of a spine or a conscience on the part of the writers. Yeah, they having her in there just... Uh, Still made her white, though. But, well, well, she was played by Yolanda Vasquez, so... Uh, but, yeah, but at least she she cared about the people, and, and she was like, yeah, you slimy, you know, <laughs> recruiter, and also laughed at him when none of his tricks out of his bag would work um, as well, kind of humble him, uh, you know. So, uh, yeah, she was she was an interesting character and fun to see. And this is uh, the last film by uh, Dennis Patrick. He plays Father O'Hara. He's not in many scenes, but he's our link, by the way, to our previous film, Chances Are, uh, that we talked about. So there's our Kevin Bacon link. Uh, from our last movie that we covered, but I like seeing the the father in there as well, who uh, is just like he doesn't care. This Jimmy Dolan's in his group. He's like, yeah, whatever. I'm I'm off to do my thing. Good luck, chief. <laughs> you're you're gonna need it. Um, type of approach too. So I I, I enjoyed the characters in here. I mean, it, it's a fun. It's I, I think it's still a fun movie. It's a lot better than I thought it would be with a few surprises and we'll, we'll kind of wrap it up here. Um, and yeah, I think it was a step in the right direction. Uh, it would have been interesting. You know, what would have been interesting is if this film would have ended with Sally, not going back to St. Joe's, what would you think of that? Andrew, if they made it so that he decides to stay with his, uh, tribe and jimmy dolan goes home uh not with him to play for st joe's that would be fine to me mm-hmm. it would also have been fine if the whole boar family came back and ate jimmy <laughs> <laughs> if all that's left is the knee they don't want it because it's shitty <laughs> wow literally <laughs> Literally and, and figuratively. Well, well said. Don, what about you? What do you think, uh, what, how the film would play out if uh, Sally decided to stay in Africa with his family? It definitely would have been a different film. They mm-hmm. would have had to, like, they, they would have had to rewrite the entire premise of the film because clearly it, it's a feel-good film. It's supposed to... The whole point of the film was... Uh, Dolan, uh, Jimmy Dolan's mm-hmm. um, redemption as a person, <laughs> <laughs> and the only way he could learn how to redeem himself was by this experience. Mm-hmm. So it would have had to have been a completely. It would have had to have been a different story, maybe focused more on the Wanabi tribe and Saleh mm-hmm. rather than on Jimmy Dolan's. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it is part redemption with Jimmy Dolan at the very end because he comes back, Sally goes with him, and, and he's the coach. Uh, there There is part, though, I think they do try to work in there with Jimmy also trying to learn from his experience and be the better person, not so much his redemption of, hey, I finally win, but also just him him reflecting on, you know, what of a, a dick he's been. 
Uh, <laughs> yeah, and that's what I meant. Not yeah. not not winning, ah. but redeeming himself as a better person. Ah, okay. I, I'm sorry, I misunderstood you. My my fault. I'm I'm slow like that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking redemption as as in him finally winning, but no, you're right. That, that I like your your definition better. I I fail. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think we'll wrap it up. I mean, air up there. I could. It's definitely got some entertainment value in here. Makes some surprising choices. It is what it is. Uh, for the type of film it is, but I, I think there was more care put behind this film than other films like it. And I guess we'll end it for the night by just asking, we don't really see films that feature, try to feature a full other culture. And uh, do you think that is because we're more aware of things now, as we've discussed over the, the course of this episode tonight that we're, that, uh, the writers in that are more aware or are more hesitant to write about a film that features an entire culture and, and traditions and that because they're worried about maybe getting it wrong. Don, start with you because you know, in the eighties and especially nineties, we had a number of those films where they were the fish out of water. The American goes to what insert country here and experiences their culture. And it just feels like we don't get many like that nowadays. Why do you think? I think, and I, I hope it's because we've learned that it is these types of films. The filmmakers in Hollywood dallied in these movies and tried to bring these other cultures into the light for mainstream viewers to see, understand, experience. And what I'm hoping the reason is that we don't see those anymore is that we have learned that the best people to present these other cultures are people from those cultures. As, as Andrew has said, a, a white man with no experience has no real business writing a, trying to write from this perspective. Right. Um, that it's, it just, and, mm. and we're finally starting to learn that middle-aged white men probably don't belong writing a whole lot of, uh, <sighs> Writing, directing. I mean, look at the difference between Wonder Woman mm -hmm. and Justice League, the way Wonder Woman and the, the Amazons were portrayed. Yes. Huge difference. Mm -hmm. That's the difference of what happens when you have an appropriate person with appropriate experiences and knowledge writing those uh writing for those cultures and on the behalf of those cultures to represent mm -hmm. them i brambled and it got away from me no i i, I follow you uh, andrew what about you do you you think try they don't do films like this before uh now because uh anymore because what don was saying that uh they may have learned that or start to learn anyway that you know those people from that culture should write about the culture and not some old white guy yeah let the people tell their own story. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the thing. Because what you get in those white savior type movies, what bothers me about them is that like it's showing you what the person that made it and what wrote it, what do they think of persons of color? Right. You know, it was, it's showing what they think of themselves. Mm -hmm. It's just a privileged point of view. 
you know. Um, one of the best movies I've seen this year is a Brazilian production called Bacurau. Bacurau is made by Brazilian people, and it takes place there. It's like there are white people in it, and they speak English, but they are the villains, man. <laughs> They're coming there doing the terrible shit. That, that's the reality that they mm-hmm. do sometimes. And so that's the other, other side of the coin is that, you know, with those savior movies, they were really like, you know, trying to in their way apologize or in their way to make nice or, you know, rewrite history or just to feel good or whatever or just showing how progressive they were. Yeah, yeah. Okay, man. But get a movie like Baccarat, it's awesome shit. <laughs> I mean, it is so good the way they do it, you know, because you got the 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 arm to the teeth uh, sportsman types or whatever coming in there to this town. I don't know if y'all know what this movie is about, mm-hmm. but they're there to erase this the city of Baccarat from the from existence. Mm-hmm. That's what they're there to do. And when you find out that's what they're doing, and the people fight back. A couple of them, old naked people fight back. It's <laughs> great. <laughs> and so times have just changed. That's mm-hmm. the answer. Exactly what Don said. Times have just changed. And we know now that there, that one person is not in charge of making movies anymore. Mm-hmm. They don't get all the money anymore. They don't get all the the opportunity anymore you know this it's a whole you know the, the art of film is so old and but not a lot of the, the people have made you know their own movies right but, you know a lot of it's digital but also a lot of it is genuine progress mm-hmm. you got people with the power you know they're they're realizing that hey now come on we had enough air up there in cool runnings. Let's do some, let's, let's see. And the, you know, the perspectives a lot of times is not that rosy and bright. That's not going to be new, but sometime, you know, the queen of Codway, for example, you know, that's a great movie too. Mm-hmm. It's a Disney movie. And it shows you what Disney will do now. That's why Disney keeps remaking all their old stuff, man. So yeah. they can fix some of the crap that they did. It's wrong. <laughs> you like, know, people are like, why are they remaking the classics? You need to really look at them classics. You, you mean like removing the crows from Dumbo? Uh, <laughs> A few little here and there things like that. <laughs> I I notice those things uh, too now, and I agree with both of you uh, completely. That it, it's why we don't get these, and I'm aware of it now. Of course, in the '80s, I was a teenager. I wasn't, uh, but now, especially looking at them, we can see where these. Uh, stories had problems and a lot of them were, were the source we we get that I see it now with a lot of the indie films uh, I've mentioned this too to where uh, I've had a chance to I- interview a couple of uh, female directors and, and it's one of those where you can tell when a female has written a script and written female parts because the dialogue is so much more natural <laughs> That when a guy tries to write female dialogue, it, it just, it doesn't, you know, you, you can tell there's a difference. It's just like with, for, I hope you both will excuse me and not think lesser of me, but I bring up the example of the Fifty Shades films. Not great films, okay? The scripts were, were rough. But if you look at the way the first film was directed and how the female characters were handled, 
versus the way they were handled in the next two films, you can see the difference between a female director and a male director handling the female characters. <laughs> and I think we get that as well with uh, different uh, nationalities as well. You can tell who wrote the script most of the time. Um, and it, it's, you know, the technology is there now. So there is, you know, they, they do have the power to make their own films and don't have to rely on the old uh, white guy to try to write their story or, you know, have them try to write their story. And it, it's, yeah, I think they've changed definitely from the times of air up there and, and cool runnings and that still work to go, but, or, or am I off about you think the, about like a movie like the, no, nah, you think about the movie, like the movie, the farewell, beautiful movie, one of the great and PG. I, I recommend the farewell to absolutely every living organism. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so good, but if they'd have made it in the nineties, that character that was Aquafina would have been the best friend of Meg Ryan. And Meg yeah. Ryan would have united that family. You know? <laughs> Meg Ryan did do everything in the nineties. Yep. <laughs> she did do everything. And I you know, I'm and I got nothing, you know. Or no, I'm sorry. Who who was in Dangerous Minds? Who was the teacher of Dangerous Minds? Michelle Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer. It would have been it would have been Pfeiffer. But and and the nice thing is going back and, and that's the great thing about revisiting these films, even though we clearly see the flaws in in the premise behind these films you go back and you you watch these films you can compare them to films done a decade or two decades previous to this and and keep going back and you can um see the progression how much we're learning how much how far we've come how much we how much farther we still have to go but you can see that we are improving with every new generation. We're getting better. Yeah. No, you can't really truly see um, where you're at if you, yeah. you know, don't look back where you were. That's a and great that's, point. That's a thing that, uh, um, if you don't mind my going off on a little bit of a tangent. Oh, no. We, uh, we've been all over the place tonight. <laughs> we've been all over the yeah. place tonight. Go for it, Don. That that's a thing, uh, and I kind of started thinking about it when when you mentioned the Disney movies being remade. Um, there's a uh, there's a lot of films that have either been lost uh, unintentionally or intentionally buried uh, for the blatant racism in the films. Um, Song of the South from from Disney being very notable in that, but the Charlie Chan movies um, and um, the Charlie Chan movies being another one because Charlie Chan couldn't have possibly been portrayed by an Asian gentleman. No, 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 no. He had to be portrayed by a white man and a man from Sweden. Um, But a bunch of those movies were buried and it's among other movies. And sadly, a lot of those movies just being gone now can't exactly be held up and said, Hey, this is exactly why we don't do this anymore because we've learned to be better. You don't have those examples. You can't see how far you've come. Yeah, that, yeah. It, that's a, totally a great point. That I mean, th- and you get that. I see it come up across discussions with film and that. Oh, you know this old film or whatnot. You shouldn't watch it. They should just remove it or whatever. I'm like, mm-hmm. 
no y- yeah you're bothered by it you should be bothered by it it's just you you look at some of the old cartoons especially you're like oh my freaking wow they went there you know <laughs> you know what i'm talking about uh you know or even at a thrift store if you go to the, you want an education go to your local thrift store and antique store and look at what was acceptable salt and pepper shakers for crying out loud, much mm-hmm. less portrayed on posters and food boxes and such the way minorities and such were portrayed back then in the fifties. It's like, holy crap. But if you erase that, you've got no gauge at all, or you've got nothing to understand how things are going. You've got a bunch of, ass-hattish white folks carrying M60s on the steps of government building wanting the good old days back. Yeah. yeah. Well, you don't you don't want to erase movies because then you erase history. Right. Exactly. And, and and that's a real dangerous thing to start messing around with. You know, history's history. It might not paint you in the best light, but at dude, it's there. You know, exactly. and the more the more you try to run out from under it, the shittier you look, you know, cuz Oh, you know, owning up to what you did and admitting to what you did, that is acknowledging that, you know, a wrong was done. And, uh, and, and yeah, exactly. And it's not just a lot of people take that you and, and get very uncomfortable with it and think, I personally didn't do anything. No, you did not, maybe didn't, you, you personally probably didn't do anything, but our society did. And as a society, it's up to us to be better. Yeah, way to make it all about you too. That's just really, really like dismissive and you know reductive. Exactly. Yeah, it's I I don't believe in in eliminating, you know, historical films like that. Uh, well, because that came up in Disney it, with with Disney Plus. There's films in that people are throwing a shit fit. Oh, why are they showing this? They should just get rid of it. I'm like, no. You need to put this into context for the... It would be cool if Disney put a little bit more of a context in beginnings, though. You know, they did it with the Tom and Jerry cartoons when they released those on DVD. They had someone at the beginning just go, hey, look, this got some stuff in it. Eh. And here was the thing, and then kids know. But with Disney, I constantly am having to stop and go, now wait. Mm -hmm. And explain to my kid, like, now... This is what they're <laughs> doing in Peter Pan with these red people. Yeah. This is terrible. Are yeah. they really red? No. <laughs> no. Yeah. And in that sense, yeah, I, I'm just saying that, you know, parents as well, there's many out there that throw a fit, but they're the ones that just, you know, aren't paying attention at all at what, I mean, you, Andrew, you're, you're an awesome, you're an awesome dad. Uh, I I want you to be my dad. Um, oh, thank be, you. Because well, I just you know I I don't uh, you know it, I I think that they should you know they're gonna they're gonna they're learning about racism in school mm-hmm. and they learn who the heroes of the civil rights movement are learn the real history of the United States you know you you want them to to you know you want to, they got to see the stuff. You know what I mean? It's not like you're going to go like, let me tell you the real Pocahontas story, you six-year-old. <laughs> you know, you're not doing that. Yeah. But also, God, it's it's there. You, yeah. you can't just like let, what? you know, the TV's not going to babysit your kids. Yeah. You know? 
be there with him. Watch it with him. Explain. There's some lot of fucked up things that happen in all your Disney movies, man. There's a lot of fucked up things that still happen now. You know, they give Academy Award to these fucked up movies. <laughs> they they, they you know, do. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't stop. So the best thing to do, man, is do what you're doing right here, Mark and Don. Have discussions like this with each other, you know? Well, you you two are, are the stars of the show. I ramble and have no clue what I'm <laughs> saying. But, uh, <laughs> but well, how are you going to teach? I mean, it, it goes along with how are you going to teach? We're all parents. How are you going to teach your kid if something's wrong, if you don't have an example of what is wrong? <laughs> I mean, it, it sounds weird, but... Don't hide from it. Put it out front, but address it. Don't just let it sit there and let them draw their own conclusions. Because people they sh- people don't want to feel bad about themselves and their history. You know, they're like, oh, don't tell kids about Thomas Jefferson because they'll feel bad about we being white. I was like, I don't know, <laughs> dude. You 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 need to acknowledge what happened to people. If you try to erase what happened to people because you feel icky about it. That's not that. That's just making you shitty. <laughs> it, is. it is. So, uh, <clears throat> well, uh, this uh, definitely went uh, into some deep stuff that uh, I was hoping. It would, <laughs> I was hope. I was figured. Mark with, was hoping with these two, with with you, Don and, and Andrew. I knew uh, I had a suspicion that it was going to go here, and I'm glad it did because. Um, Bottom line, I, I agree. We all agree that it, you shouldn't erase those films. They they deserve to still exist uh, because to hide from them, you don't learn from your mistakes. And, even, you know, you put it in a f- context of filmmakers. I know we're going on a tangent a little long here, but you even put it in the context of filmmakers. You take a young filmmaker, if you erase some of those films that are offensive and went in the wrong direction and the poor casting and all of that like we mentioned if you erase those they aren't going to and you don't sit and and point it out what's wrong they could repeat you know like they say history can tend to repeat itself because they wouldn't know any different because they don't have examples or someone teaching them going look see these charlie chan movies yeah no if you're going to cast for an asian role find an Asian actor. Yes. You know, um, so yeah. So, so there you have it, folks. Uh, interesting discussion of more than just the air up there, but I knew that it was going to go there because this is uh, the type of film that, that can spark that discussion the way it's written. Um, and yeah, while I, I think I feel it, it's one of the ones that tries hard, uh, it's still at its core is that a oh, white savior film. Uh, but it still has a lot of entertainment value as well for those of you who especially like uh, basketball stories or sports stories. I think uh, you'll enjoy it. Uh, Don, what do you say? Final thought with with air up there? Well, it it clearly it clearly doesn't age well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I still had fun with it, mm-hmm. but. I'm also able to acknowledge the fact I'm also able to acknowledge its failings, um, recognize its failings. Um, but it's still, it's still a good movie. It's well, okay. It's still worth watching for the dynamic with the African people Mm -hmm. because they did work hard on this movie and that needs to be acknowledged. 
Oh yeah, there's a lot of effort put in uh, by this uh, supporting cast for sure, and deserves to be seen. So, yeah, Andrew, your final thought with the air up there. Yeah, man, they could have chose to just make another all-white movie, but they didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and they could have made you know a very undignified and um, reprehensible portrayal of those people, but they didn't. So, um, you know, definitely worth uh, watching, definitely worth examining kind of movie that uh, you want to maybe have a discussion afterward with. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't say this is a worthless movie. Uh, there's definitely a value uh, uh, that can be gained from it, which I think this podcast is an example of. <laughs> well, well, thank you. I, I, I hope so, maybe. Uh, but that's just because... Of, of you fine folks tonight. So uh, thank you so much for joining us on this uh, lively discussion. Uh, I do have some, <laughs> some editing to do. Uh, thanks to some technical, <laughs> issues, technical issues in my own ramblings. I, I do apologize for that. But now, as always in our show, we give a license to shill to my wonderful crew members who have uh, taken time out to visit us in the spoiler room. So, Andrew, go ahead. You're up first. License to shill. Hey, man. A great, wonderful time I've had. Love talking to you and Don about movies. This is wonderful. It's a podcast I would listen to, definitely. Uh, I I, I didn't have a lot to contribute to most of the Kevin Bacon stuff, although you said Kevin Bacon links, and I'm like, no, sausage into links, not Kevin Bacon. (laughs) Bacon doesn't have links. Bacon but, has strips. Uh, but. Yeah, yeah. No, I had a wonderful time. So thank you for inviting me. I'm, I'm glad we did this. Uh, yeah, if you got Amazon Prime, uh, I can rent a couple of my movies, man. Check out Bad Girl Dracula, available <laughs> right now. I don't know for how much longer. The reviews have been uh, um, like mercifully merciful <laughs> compared to some of my other movies that were taken off of Prime because of not merciful um, reviews. So okay, yeah, so far so good. It's been up for for a couple months. So if you like uh if you like some really funny vampires, man, give it a shot. <laughs> awesome. Thank you, sir. And Adon, go ahead, license to shill. Sometimes you can find me at intheaudience.net. This fall, you can find me in Oshkosh at the Time Community Theater for the Northeast Wisconsin New Horror Film Fest. Yes. So it uh, should be a good time. It's still happening so far, uh, given the real-world events. Hopefully, it, it, when in October, we will uh, be going to the historic Time Community Theater in Oshkosh, Wisconsin for that. So thank you so much to my crew members. Thank you so much to my listeners. As always, we are growing all the time in listenership. Uh, I hope you're enjoying this 52 Degrees uh, KB journey. And uh, yeah, we, we, we're only a, a third of the way through uh, this mighty journey of uh, 52 Degrees KB. And next week, well, what film do we have next week? Why, it's going to be The Babysitter. But how is The Babysitter connected to the air up there by the way of Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon philosophy? Well, you'll have to tune in next week to find out. So for all of us here, we'll just say good night, everyone. Good night, everyone. Good night, everyone. <laughs> hey, man, I think this episode's a slam dunk. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> or a slam dump if you drink the goat milk. <laughs> if you drink the goat milk. <laughs> 
Hey, all my friends out there looking for more spoiler room goodness, then why don't you check out our brand new Patreon page, patreon.com slash specialmarkproductions, where you can get access to exclusive spoiler room episodes and a whole lot more. You can also find us on Facebook groups at SMPRD and on to Twitter at SpecialMarkPro. Let your voice be heard and let us know what you would like to see in the spoiler room, as well as just how we're doing in general. We appreciate your support, and remember in the spoiler room, the conversation is fresh, but we do spoil the movies.